Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Hey, how many of you guys have had like challenges this week? Like, like you're dealing, like you might be riding the struggle bus this week. A couple people? Yeah, struggle bus. Uh, you know, I, um, for, for, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be over spiritual with this. I'm, I am like, this week has been challenging for many ways, but also just in dumb ways, it's challenging, right? How many of you guys, you ever stand in front of your closet and you're like, I don't know what to wear, <laughs> right? You like just go through it and you're like, you know, me, I always make Erica mad because, like, she's like, it's a Columbia shirt. Just pick one out. It doesn't matter the color. But I'm like, this one's not right. And, like, next thing you know, there's, like, a pile of Columbia shirts. And it's just, you know, you're kind of wearing that, that struggle bus, you know. It's, it's a challenge sometimes. For Erica, sometimes it's when we go out to eat, right? She looks at the menu, like, for 30 minutes. I don't know what's – it's really easy to do that taco shack because everything's so good, though, right? I mean, you're like, it's menu's this long, but you're like, I don't know what to get, all of it. Um, but sometimes life can be a challenge for us. There's, there's things that always aren't the easiest thing to do. And uh, specifically for me today, I would tell you, I'm going to be real honest, be transparent. Uh, this sermon today has been the most difficult to process and to, like, make happen in my life. Like, it has been one of those things, that, like, all week, I'm just like, I... I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to preach. I'm not sure what the topic should be. I'm not. And uh, and honestly, it's 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 because the challenge of what Christmas is, like the Christmas story in the Bible. We know the the life of Jesus starts right. There's there's only four books in the Bible that talks about the life of Jesus, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and the funny thing is, is only Matthew and Luke actually talk about the birth of Jesus. So as I'm reading through the the word and as I'm trying to pull things out, I'm like. Man, this sounds like I've preached it before, because I have for however you know for 15, 12 years now, or the the Christmas the Christmas story, and so there's been a little been a little bit of a challenge as I try to put this together today. Uh, but uh, sometime uh, yesterday, man, I'll tell you what, it was the absolute Holy Spirit uh, that all the pieces came right together at the right time, and I'm excited for uh, what we're going to talk about. Specifically, we're going to talk about today uh, a group of characters in the story of the life, or of the beginning um, of life of Jesus, uh, talking about uh, the shepherds, right? How many of you guys uh, remember the shepherds in the story, the shepherds at night watching their flocks? Yeah. You ever notice that, like, they're never really the main character in the story, right? Uh, I remember, you know, being an, um, or seeing plays and stuff like that. You have the Christmas pageant or whatever, and it was always like the kid that, like, no, the teacher didn't want to do anything. They would be the shepherd, right? They're off to the side, like you're the kid. You don't have any lyrics or any words. You're just gonna don't move, okay? Just sit there. It was like right field for Christmas play, right? And so, um, you know, shepherds they really never get to be the main characters in the story or the or the topic. And um, as I was reading through the passage in Luke uh, this past week, and as I was reading through their things, there was a couple things that kind of popped out that I think are important for us to understand uh, about about the shepherds. And so today we're going to be reading in the book of Luke, chapter two, uh, verse eight, and then we're going to go 
all the way through uh, verse, verse 20. And I hope I didn't, my notes say I skipped a verse. I hope that didn't happen. We'll see how it goes. Um, but here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this. It says, that night there were shepherds, right? So we, we see here that there were more than one. It wasn't just one shepherd out by himself. It was shepherds, uh, and they were staying in the fields nearby, and they were guarding their flocks. So we see there's shepherds. We see that there's flocks. There's more than one. You know, it was kind of one of those things that, like, when I picture the, the Christmas story, when I picture this part of the Christmas story, I always think of, like, the shepherds uh, were just kind of in together next to a fire or something like that, hanging out, and their sheep were just wandering in the distance. Come to find out that's not how shepherding works. You know, these guys were out there, and they would have their specific group of sheep that they would watch near Bethlehem. Uh, and so they were out in the masses, uh, but they were, uh, they were watching their sheep at night. There's a few things today, this morning, that I believe uh, that we can uh, kind of connect ourselves to with the, with the shepherds. There's a couple of characteristics that uh, I think we, um, that probably are, are characteristics of some of us today too. Maybe it's not all three of these, maybe just one or two. Um, if it's none of them, then man, you're perfect and next week you are preaching, so come get ready. Uh, but the first characteristic we see or I, I know about uh, shepherds specifically in this day and age is they are messy. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, messy. Messy. See, shepherds in this uh, day and age, they, the, the shepherd job was not a clean job to have. It was actually considered uh, in the religious law, it was an unclean job to have. And so these guys weren't just hard workers. They weren't just out in the fields by themselves with a group of sheep, but they were also considered unclean. And so when it came to, uh, uh, you know, kind of raising these sheep, and, and in those days when you were unclean, uh, at, the, at some point in the middle of the, in the, in the year, you would actually go and make a sacrifice to, to pay penance for your sins. Well, these guys, because they're unclean, they weren't allowed anywhere near the temple, and they weren't allowed to go into the temple or do any of these things. And so ultimately, they were not able to pay the price for their sins for the year. And so these guys were considered unclean people, or uh, they were considered messy people. Now, some of us today, you know, we already admitted some of us are on the struggle bus this week. Uh, but we've experienced messes in our own lives, right? Physical messes as well as spiritual messes. I've got two small kids, Olivia and Ben. Uh, Olivia is five and Ben is three. And somehow this week, they figured out that uh, it would be fun to throw toys in the toilet. It, yeah, it's not. It, well, it was fun for them for a little bit. Until someone's LOL doll got stuck behind where you can actually get to in the toilet, and the toilet got stopped up. And so I come in from a hard day's worth of work, and Erica comes and says, Hey, I love you so much. You're pretty, but you got to fix the toilet. And your son didn't know it was clogged, and so it's a real nice mess in there <laughs> that you got to deal with. So I'm just being transparent, man. I got to tell you, I mean, you know, it's like my salvation was tested. So I bust out the plunger, and it was like my meeting day. So I was like dressed nice, and I go, and I'm like trying to, it's full. So I'm trying to like plunge it and not get it anywhere. And finally, sometimes, man, we get to this point where it's like frustration meets I'm going to kill this thing, and you just lose it for a second, right? That's not what Jesus wants you to do, but I've got to, you know, confess my sin a little bit. And so I just lost it on this toilet and started like plunging it like a madman until there was a little bit of an air pocket and a splash 
and on my glasses and face and beard is not just water. And it was an absolute mess. And at that point, it's like, you re I really don't care, right? So you plunge it like a madman and it really made a whole mess. And so I got done, I got done. I'm like, toilet's unclogged, right? Eric, you got to go clean it up. You know, I was like, I felt like the guy from Christmas Vacation where he looked at the null post. This is a new post, you know, anyways. It's, uh, or it's a surprising thing that I didn't just rip out the toilet. So, but it was a, it was a mess. It was a, it was a mess. Everything was everywhere, right? It was, we can all relate to that. For some of us, like, the messes in us are spiritual, like, we've gone and we've done things that we shouldn't have done, and it's built up over time, over time. There's a clog, and all of a sudden, our mess is all over us. Or our mess is all over the people that we love and that are around us. We've experienced, many of us here today can sit back and understand the characteristics of what it feels like to be messy. This is one of the characteristics that the shepherds would have had. Second characteristic of the shepherds would have happened, I think, is loneliness. They would have been lonely. You hear in the story as they're, as they're going and as they're uh, watching their flocks by night, it says there was multiple shepherds, and so they were, there's more than just one, and it said they're watching their flocks, so it wasn't just one flock. It was individual flocks, and so these guys are out together, but they're separate. They're lonely. I've experienced that feeling of, of loneliness in, in my own life. Um, you know, it's funny how we live in a day and age where, you know, there's more connection today uh, through just this thing in your pocket than has ever been before. But still, in, despite, in spite of this great connection, we still deal with loneliness. It's running, it's running rampant through uh, church, through our world, this, this feeling of, of, of loneliness. And part of that reason is, is because, you know, it, when it comes to social media and stuff, we just post our highlight reels. We post what we want other people to see uh, about us. We see what other people see about them. But we don't really understand who those people really are. You know, the only time you don't feel lonely is the time when you are uh, with someone in connection that they actually know you, Right? That's why, like, when you get together with family, like, you don't ever feel lonely with family. Hopefully with your spouse, you don't ever feel lonely. Or if you're, you're dating someone right now, there's a t when you get together with them, you don't feel lonely because they've seen the opportunity to see all parts of you. But for many of us today, we're experiencing loneliness because we have not ever let someone in to see. We don't let people in to see what looks messy. We try not to show them what's messy. And so sometimes, you know, in, in, in these day and age of technological marvel of connection through Facebook, I don't believe that Facebook helps us not be lonely. I think it's something that we all, we all deal with. Real quick, by the way, I saw something this past week. There wasn't anyone in this church, so I think we're all right. And if this person watched online, then I'm sorry. But can we do a public service announcement? If you're going through something, like, and it's real, if, it, if you're going through something with your spouse, if you're going something with, with your kids, or some stuff you shouldn't put on Facebook, okay? You don't need to put your husband or your wife on blast for the whole world to see, okay? Sometimes, why don't you just go talk to them? They can change it. You don't have to talk to the world. Sorry, that was extra. 
So that wasn't part of the sermon, and I don't, I don't even think that's about Christmas. So, but anyways, loneliness is a scary feeling. I've been, I've felt alone before. I remember one time I, I went hunting um, with, uh, actually it was Colin. Uh, it was my first time hunting in a tree stand. I'd been hunting with friends before out in the woods or whatnot. It was no big deal. But uh, one of my good friends, Colin Olson, took me hunting and and I showed up that night to the hunt camp. We spent the night, and the next morning at like 4 o'clock in the morning, he goes, he's like, okay. He's like, you have a tree stand about a mile and a half in the woods. You, you can't miss it. I was like, okay, can I get a flashlight? No, 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 that'll scare the deer away. You just got to go find the tree stand. I'm like, can we get a little bit closer? No. I was like, you can't miss it, man. There's a giant clearing, and there's this one oak tree, and the tree stands right in the middle of it. I'm like, we're in a forest, Colin. <laughs> so he leaves me, and I'm literally in the woods by myself, just chilling, trying to find. I didn't see a deer that whole day because I, I searched for like two hours trying to find this dang tree stand. I finally called him. I was like, I can't find it. He's like, are you looking up? I was like, there's trees everywhere. <laughs> finally found it. But the whole time, like trying to get to the tree stand, man, I felt alone. I, if I'm being honest, I mean, I'm north of 30 years old at this point. I felt afraid. And I even had a gun. I'm 300 pounds with a gun in the woods, and I'm afraid. What's going to come after me? Come on. Loneliness is not a fun experience to have. But I believe these shepherds, they felt lonely. The last thing is they felt uncertain. You know, the, uh, the only time, one, of, one of the only times I ever really remember feeling uncertain about anything was uh, I went on a mission trip with Dave Lincoln Hooker. He's uh, our missionary to Haiti. And we get off the plane and get into the airport, and it's just like a madhouse. There's, you know, a million people everywhere. And he finally gets a hold of me. He says, okay, we got to run, and we got to get to our, our truck. And when we pull up to the truck, the truck looked like, it looked like a prison truck. Like, it looked like something you would, like, ship a tiger in. And he's like, so he's like, okay, get in the back of the truck. And so it's like this cage and we're driving through the cities of Haiti, and it was at a, it was at a tough point in, uh, in Haiti's history where uh, there was kind of riots everywhere. It was, uh, it was really bad, and trucks were burning on the street, and I really felt, really felt uncertain. I said, man, I don't know if this was, I don't know if it was the, this was the right move, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, as Dave calmed me down, we went and we continued the mission trip, in it, and it worked out fine. But that feeling of uncertainty is not an easy one to feel either both physically as well as spiritually. These, these shepherds, you know, they, they were in Bethlehem, and they, they were shepherding sheep that specifically the sheep that they shepherd would have probably been used when it came to sacrificing for sins. But because they were unclean, they weren't able to go in and experience and have that experience. They weren't able to go in and have their sins be paid for through the sacrifice because, because they were unclean. And so they were in this position where it was like this uncertainty of like, okay, so we are working to help provide the sacrifice, but we can't really, we can't really take, we can't really do that payment by ourselves. We can't go through that ourselves because we're unclean. I think for, for some of us here today, we can understand that, that spiritual uncertainty. Because I know what it feels like to say I'm a follower of Christ and I come into church on Sunday and think, man, this, this week I didn't really act like, like a Christian. What, what, does that mean? What, does that, what does that mean for me? 
What, what steps do I need to take? Okay, I've got I've to I've do some, some good things to counteract the bad things. I don't know how many conversations I've had with people of, you know, you're talking about, it's like, what do you think it takes to get into heaven? It's like, well, some people think, well, like, if I do more good things than I do bad things, then I'll, I'll, be, able to, I'll, I'll be able to get in. That's, that's what it takes. I've got to do more good than I've got to do bad. I, I, don't, I don't believe that's the case at all. But I do understand and connect with that uncertainty feeling of not knowing what's right or what the next step is. And so these characteristics of the shepherds is the messiness, the, the loneliness, and the uncertainty we, we all connect with. And if, if we were to put all these three things up here and we were to ask, like, what is the thing that you connect with the most, each of you could, could probably pick something. You could probably understand this, this, this feeling more than the person to your left or your right. There's one characteristic, though, that I, I don't think that any of us have a completely firm grasp on, uh, but I think is probably the most important, and it's this one right here. It's, it's peace. I think the characteristic of peace when it comes to our lives um, is, is not something that we all say we have a firm grasp on. It's, it's, it's definitely something I, I want more, more of. It's not something uh, I feel, you know, when I'm in the, the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and it's wrapped around the building two times and you can't get out and the lady in front of you decides she's going to pull out her app with like 18 coupons on it, right? You don't feel that feeling of peace then. I know what a lack of peace feels like, but I don't connect well with, with what peace is. But I think, I think that's something that the opportunity of, of having peace in my life could give me that thrill of hope back as we continue reading on in this story, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, if I had seen an angel in the woods that day, I'd have probably been terrified too, right? That's not something you expect. You know, you think about, like, the, the people that angels, uh, like, showed themselves to. There's Mary and Joseph and then these, these angels, but they didn't know about Mary and Joseph, or these uh, shepherds. Mary and Joseph, or the shepherds didn't know that Mary and Joseph had seen angels. The only time they had experienced stuff like that before was when you know, God's wrath was coming on to people, right? And so here are these guys, they're in this uncertain situation. They're like, I don't, we don't know because we can't technically go in and deal with the sin in our lives. And here's this angel, he's coming to get us. But that's not the case says, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. You know, I, I think how, I, it's pretty cool how God decides to reveal what Jesus is going to do, the, the Savior of the world. He, he reveals it, he announces it to people that are messy, lonely, and uncertain. You know, this is going to be the king of kings, the lord of lords. This is going to be the savior of, of the world. And, and you would think in that type of big thing, there would be an announcement where kings would go out and, 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 and singers would go out and there would be the celebration. But God sends angels to messy, lonely, uncertain people. People, not, not, not religious people that could get into the temple, not important people, but shepherds. 
people that the rest of the world viewed as unclean. He tells them first and tells them to go out and share the story. As we continue on, it says, in the city of Bethlehem, uh, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now we see mangers and we think, you know, this uh, kind of like what's on the, the graphic of Thrill of Hope. It's this cute little thing with straw poking out of it and it's, uh, it's clean and everything is great. That is not how a manger was. Because like you think cows, camels, and everything else, they ate, ate out of a manger, right? It'd kind of be like if anybody here has got a baby, imagine rather than putting it in its crib at night, you put it in your dog's bowl, right? It's kind of, yeah, I've seen some of you guys' dogs. Bentley is like oh, slobbering all over the place. It's gross. But it says you'll find him in a manger. And I can't help but thinking, think that as the angels are saying this, that, that it's by design. Because the shepherds, they would have identified with a manger. They would have, said, they would have identified with the, the messiness. I'm messy, but, but this, this, this baby that's going to be the Messiah, he's not wrapped in silks and in fine cloths and sitting in this golden crib. He's wrapped in strips of cloth and laid in a manger. I, I, I identify with that, that messiness. I think it would have connected with them. As we read on, it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and what's that word? Peace on earth to those whom God has ple- is pleased. You know what that feeling of peace also translates to? Rest. In, the, in this season, rest is not something that that I've experienced much of. I don't know about you, but I'm sure in the, in the, the craziness of going on, trying to get ready for family, whatever, rest is not something that you experience a whole lot of. This week, I don't know if I told you this, but this week as I drove Olivia to, to school down in Oak Hill, I, I was late, which is a big surprise, I'm sure. Um, but I was going down US-1, and I was... I gotta confess more sin. I was going way faster than I should have. I was going like 65 miles an hour. I think it's like a 50 or a 45. I was just trying to get the girl to kindergarten. And as I come around the bend, here's Smokey sitting in the middle of the, you know, I'm, you know who I'm talking about. He's sitting right in the middle of the median. We're face to face. He sees me coming, and I already know what's gonna happen. Like I, like so I just pull over before I even get to him because I'm like, I, I, you got me, you got me, right? You got me. Sure enough, he gets behind me, blue lights. That is definitely not peace. You want to you you experience something that's not peace? Getting the cop coming behind you with the blue lights? Definitely anxiety. I don't want that in my life. I want peace. I want to experience rest. The only, the only I want to experience a thrill of hope, but not anxiety and worry about what I'm going through. I don't think that's what God wants from me either. As we continue on, it says, when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, you know, I think it's funny how, like, they hear about Jesus, and all of a sudden they come together. They start, they start talking. It connects them all. Jesus connects them all. I think it's something that, that, that he wants to do with us specifically as well. 
I think that's why circle groups are so important is because connection beyond what happens just here on a weekend is important. I say, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had us told us about. Let's pursue this thing. Let's literally these messy, lonely, uncertain people say, let's get together and let's find Jesus. If that's not what the picture of of a church should look like, I don't know what else is. With all of us in our mess and our loneliness and our uncertainty and our worry and everything else, it's about us coming together, connecting, and saying, let's go find Jesus. It says, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angels had said to them. And they went out. You hear that the shepherds go out and spread the word. It says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and, threw, and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. There's a couple things, I think, in the story that, that we can learn and we can take away from this. And the first one is this. I believe that when it comes to peace, peace begins with Jesus. That's it. If you want to experience peace, I'm going to tell you right now, stuff, buying things. I, I, I know many of us have an Amazon wish list or we have these things, that we these plans of like, well, one day if I make enough money, I'll, I'll be able to buy this truck or I'll be able to buy this house uh, or you know, I'll be able to, to do this thing, take my family on a vacation or do whatever. And, and those things can be fun, but I'm going to tell you, they, they can't bring you peace. Being, the right, being around the right people can't just bring you, people can't bring you peace. Having the right husband or the right wife or, or, or the, the right girlfriend or boyfriend or the right friends, the right job. I'm going to tell you right now, money cannot bring you peace. I, I, know, what, I know what you think. You're like, well, <laughs> just the right amount of it would bring me peace, right? I'm going to tell you, more money, more money, more problems. I'm not experiencing from the more money side, I'm going to tell you right now, but I know people, and they got problems. Peace begins with Jesus. It's one thing I know. And secondly, I believe that peace isn't something we achieve, but it's something we can receive through God's grace. Peace isn't something that you, there's not steps that you can do to achieve peace. You can't do enough good things for you to experience peace. Eric and I did a study one time where there's a, a specific type of person, which we're all, um, but there's a person, a characteristic in people, uh, specific people that are called matchers, right? Uh, and matchers say, you do something bad to me, I do something bad to you. You do something good to me, I do something, everything is owed. There's a yin and a yang. And so when it comes to, to these people, when it, the, the good and bad in their life, they, they believe, you know what, for all the bad things I do, there's got to be good things that overcome it. So if I do one bad thing, I gotta do two good things to make it better. But that's not how you experience peace. Doing good things is not how you experience peace. I believe pursuing Jesus is how you experience peace. It's not about 
something you can achieve, but it's about something you can receive. And my prayer for today is that, that you and your life and your family would experience peace through Jesus Christ. In your situation, for what you're dealing with, there's not a lot that you can put your hands to and that you can work on. But peace can come through Jesus. And so today with that, I want to um, remind you of this. 2,000 years ago, there was a group of shepherds that experienced peace and joy. They were messy. They were lonely. They were uncertain. They were probably a whole lot of other things. But because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus coming into their lives, they experienced peace and experienced joy. And I would say if you're not experiencing peace and joy in this Christmas season, I want to challenge you to continue to pursue Jesus. For some of you today, you, you might not have an actual real relationship with Jesus. You have not, maybe you haven't started that. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you're coming in and you're just like, you know, you're sitting with someone who, you know, they've been coming to church for a while. You're just seeing what it is. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a highly educated person, okay? I don't have it all together. I'm, I'm messy and lonely and, and uncertain in my own life. But as I follow Jesus from day one, my life became incredibly more peaceful. And I experienced more joy than I ever had before. More than any drug, more than any experience with any other person, more than any amount of money. It's because of Jesus. And so I, I want to I tell you that what we celebrate in this Christmas season is something that has a gift that has been given to you and it's for you to receive. If you've never had a, started a relationship with Jesus, I want to challenge you that when we bow our heads and pray, that you would connect to him and say, Jesus, come in and have your way in my life. And for the rest of us, for those that do follow Jesus, I want to challenge you, don't pursue trying to be a matcher or trying to do more good than you do bad. I want to challenge you to keep pursuing Jesus in everything that you do, in your prayer life, in your daily devotional life, when you connect with other people, pursue Jesus. And if you pursue him, I promise you, peace will be not far behind. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. This was between you and Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you want to start one. You want to say, Jesus, I, I want some peace in my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. I'm not going to bring you here to the front. I'm not going to ask you to do anything uh, that's out of your comfort zone. This is just a sign. This is something physical of what you're saying, what you feel in your heart. You're saying, Jesus, I want peace. Have your way in me. If you're here today... And you connected with one of these characteristics of feeling uncertain, of, of feeling, feeling lonely. I want to challenge you to pursue Jesus in that area. If you're here today and you want to take the next step towards him, if you need freedom and peace in one of these specific areas, in your mess, in your family life, whatever it is, I want to challenge you to take that next step. And in so, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. You're saying, Jesus, I want to pursue you.
and I want to experience your peace that comes with it. Jesus, you've seen all the hands that have gone up all over this place. You know exactly what we're dealing with. You know what our mess is. You know where we feel lonely. I pray that you would come in and you would do work and you would have your way. I pray that you would reveal things to us. I pray that you would uh, free us from things, from the things that have have bound us, God, from addiction, uh, from specific mindsets that we've grown up with. I pray that as we pursue you, we would experience the freedom. I pray that you would be our savior from these things. I thank you for being our savior from these things. And all that we are, we say we love you. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Uh, two things I want to leave you with this. First thing is this. I, uh, someone told me one time that um, they said uh, loneliness uh, is God's cry for connection. Uh, if you're feeling lonely, I want to challenge you to start praying. Uh, anytime you feel lonely, the time you feel alone, maybe that's the time for a connection for you to have with God. And then, uh, and then lastly, uh, for all the people that call Coastline home, um, when it comes to our end of the year giving uh, for this Give Hope uh, initiative, I want to challenge you to do this. I don't want you to feel pressure. I do want you to feel connection. And so I, want, I know that through what me and you and us together can do in the name of Jesus can be grander than what we can do by ourselves. And so whether it's $2 is what you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to give, whether it's $20, whether it's $20,000, I don't think that part matters as much as the connection and joy and saying, God, I'm going to give this to you. You have your way in it here in 2020. I'm excited for what's going to happen here in our church. Every week we end our service by saying this. We believe that the best is yet to come. Do you agree with that? Amen. I believe it. I believe it in your life and our lives. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you all next week. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.